Friendshipping is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. We're sponsored by Overcast, an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. No exclusives, no premium content, and no paywalls. Just a great podcast app for everybody. Get it for free in the App Store. I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This is Friendshipping! And the theme this week is... Reunions that just don't work out. Flaky. Flaky. Friendship between humans has many benefits. But sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Welcome to New York. No. Welcome to Chicago. You're back. I'm back. I'm back in Hot Dogsville, USA. And we're back in the same room recording. Oh, yeah. I forgot. We were we were far away from each other in the last episode. Hopefully people are able to listen to this episode. Yeah, we moved to a little podcast hosting site called Transistor. Yeah, and we like it a lot. But we're having some trouble with our archive moving over. Some RSS feed bullshit. Update your RSS feed. I think that's all I can say for now. We'll keep you updated. Yeah. Thanks. As things progress. <laughs> if you're listening to this, something went well. Something I'm, went correct. I would have to add John to the end at our thank yous. Thank you to John Buddha for making our podcast function as properly as is available at this time. Yes. <laughs> Jen, tell I haven't seen you in uh, like two weeks. Tell me, how have you grown and changed? Oh, how have I grown and changed? Well, the Top Gun 2 trailer came out. Oh, obviously life changing. Yeah, it better be gay. It better be as gay as the first one. There's is, there's almost no chance it's gonna be that gay, Jen. You know that. No, right? I mean it won't be like there won't be actual gay characters. There are women in it. Apparently, women can fly planes. Who no, did? I know what um, that but, sounds wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the first movie is technically not supposed to be gay either. But like, but it it's is. filmed like a porno, right? Like, okay, so it's a, it's gay in the same way that like Venom is definitely gay. Like, yes. Yes. Like, okay. It's not even subtext at this point. It's just text. It's gay. Yeah. I I, I think, I really do think that Venom will be gayer than the first Venom. And I have hope for you that Top Gun 2 will be as gay as your dreams are. Thank you. It's called Top Gun 2 Maverick. Oh, God. <laughs> You're so cute right now. I love Top Gun. I love planes. I love action i love the soundtrack you love planes well sort i've of. never heard this i love uh i got a got a thing for a little fighter pilot like a oh, han solo okay. i think he's pretty cute oh Have you heard of him? Yeah, yeah yeah i'm yeah. probably the first person ever ever crush on han solo so i would say jen perhaps it is not that you're into planes but uh scrappy male pilots yeah you nailed it yeah i don't really give a shit about planes. <laughs> i don't even like being near them really i don't like being on them they're loud they're uh driving climate change i'm not in, not so, so yeah good. not so much what else is going on a couple episodes ago, I was like, hey, I'm going to start making lists of little things that make me feel joy. Yeah. And one of them last night was while I was cooking pasta, I was texting with my brother and he's like, hey, uh, your niece, and he named her and I just say your niece, your niece wants to call you, but she doesn't want to talk on FaceTime. So this new development is my niece, who is five now, absolutely cannot FaceTime me because she she gets so shy. What? She just crumbles to the floor and hides because I don't know. I think it's because I'm she sees me as an older peer, perhaps. I don't yeah. really I don't really know. I remember being shy around like my older cousins. So I think it's I think it's that. But now she designates like I want to say hi to Jen, but over not FaceTime. So we talked on the phone and she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm cooking pasta. And she's like, what kind of pasta? And we were talking and stuff. And then she went, oh, my sister just put her butt crack on me. What? I know. Just some updates from the five-year-old. 
Like the whole. Uh, I think they were in the bath. Oh, that'll do it. Makes a little more sense, right? Yeah, but I mean, like children are are constantly like doing things that would be illegal for adults. Absolutely. You know, one time um, my two nieces were in the bath together, and the older niece picked up like a cup of water, or picked up a cup and started to fill it with bath water. And my my brother, their dad, goes, "Don't drink that. Your sister probably peed in it." And really, really proudly, she went, "I peed in it too." I was like, this is like, I couldn't write comedy that good. Also, gross. Gross. Man, kids, they're a delight. Sure are. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I have had like two weeks on, you know? Super on. Yeah, like I haven't really had weekends uh, for a couple weeks, and that's okay. Well, I mean, it's not okay, but what's okay about it is that I'm going to take, I know I've said this before. I know I've said this, and maybe I haven't meant it, but this time I mean it. Next week, I'm taking the whole week off. I'm not doing any work. Maybe I'll fuck that up. Maybe I will. Maybe, and that'll be okay. You know, if I work like a couple hours, fine. But you know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to work all day. Fuck yeah. I'm also taking next week off. I've been pretty burnt out lately. Me and too. I, I used to feel guilty about admitting the words burnt out to myself because it felt like a failure. It felt like, how could I be burnt out? I love my job. But you could love your job and be burnt out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get to do creative work 80% of the time and our, my hours are great. You could still be burnt out from that stuff. Yeah, like I, like I, I know that I'm burning myself out. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Like I yeah. am, I am making choices. Like I, like again, started the new podcast with Billy. We're going to be doing um, some re-records and like launching that pretty soon. Um, I just like I just decided to do more creative stuff, and I forgot that I like as fun as it is, it's still work. Totally, <laughs> you know. And like ah, so I'm going to do some reshuffling. I think good I'm gonna, idea. Yeah. I'm also I'm scheduling my first fossil hunting trip. Oh, my God. Where are you going? Uh, I'm not sure yet. So uh, it's going to happen in April. And uh, so, OK, so, OK, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. whole yes. thing. All right. So this is important to me. So, you know, when you have like recurring dreams. Oh, yeah. I have so many of those. So I have a recurring dream that I'm on a road trip alone, which I've never done in my life. And I would really, really like to do just to try it out. It feels very like, you know, boys to the side or whatever. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was thinking that I would drive to Colorado, do some digging, and then uh, go, fly from Denver to Seattle to go see Andy, and then like do some work in Seattle and like work on some projects, then fly home. I'm not sure. Or I could go the exact opposite direction. Oh, that sounds amazing! Because there's lots of excellent sites in Kendu- in uh, Kentucky and the the did I say Kentucky? Yeah, but I like it. Kentucky. <laughs> Go to Kentucky and Ken- conduct Tucky. your fossil research. Uh, I'm going to go to Kentucky or uh, perhaps Pennsylvania because there's a lot of good sites in the mid-Atlantic. I'm not sure. You know, the world is my oyster. The, the, United, the continental United States within driving distance is my oyster. Truly it is. Yeah. This is a huge-ass country. It's I don't know if you realize that. Large. It's very large. It's a large Country. Yeah, it is. Large. That's large with a D. L-A-R-D-G-E. Large. Large. Oh, man, Jen. Also, I... So, I... Here's what's funny. I was in denial about this event, you know, on the horizon in my life. But it occurred... What? On Saturday. What? I went to... <laughs> I went to reun- a reunion of my high school choir. Oh, yeah. You were texting me about this. Yeah. So, so the short version, because like, honestly, this is too complicated and quite honestly, way too fucking dorky for me to get into into extreme detail. <laughs> you were a theater kid. But I was a theater kid and I was in like the elite choir. Oh, yeah, you were. Uh, thank you. And, and high school. And there was a reunion for anybody who had been in that choir over the last 50 years. 
So I was expecting to go and like, oh, it's just going to be a bunch of 50 year olds or whatever, because it's like everybody who had ever been in the choir. And as the day approached, I was like, wait a minute. There's like this, a reunion. The whole point is you like see people, you know, I might see someone I know. Yeah, like deliberately. Yeah, like it didn't even it did not even dawn on me, which to me means I had to be in some severe denial. Yeah, you must have been repressing it. That was compartmentalized. That totally. was deep, deep in the thermos. But you went. I did go. Uh, I went with my brother. So. Oh, you went with your brother? That probably helped, right? It helped a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You had a buddy. Well, because, you know, I, I had approached it being like, I'm going here for my brother. Yes. And, and it didn't even really occur to me that like I would see people I know because it was like, oh, this is this is my brother's thing. You know? Oh, man. Which is, yeah. like, odd. Because yeah, but I think that, I mean, doesn't it help when you have a little job to do? <laughs> totally, You're totally. Company you. I'm here, too. But yes. anyway, please continue. But what I'm saying is the logic did not check out. <laughs> You know, <laughs> anyway, so uh, so I get there and um, and I had had such a hard time getting ready for this event. Uh, like I didn't know what to wear. I straight up put my foot th- right through the only pair of tights that I owned that matched. I was all broken out because I'd been like traveling for the past like week and a half and I was so tired. And I was like this. Wow. Getting ready for this went literally as poorly as it could have possibly gone. Oh, I'm amazed you got out the door. I did. But I did. Thank you, Jen. You know what? It was a triumph. It, it is. Thank you. You're having a, if you were tired before the event and you still went, I think that's pretty amazing. You know, uh, I don't want to call myself a hero, but sometimes my actions are heroic. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I went to the thing and I immediately felt very like insecure and small and worried. And I, you know, I went into the the rest of the ladies restroom near the the theater where I used to like practice in and being like, oh, my God, I've had so many nightmares that literally take place in this actual bathroom. Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) You know, like not not because like it was such an awful place, but because like that it had had such an emotional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I looked in the mirror and I looked at my gross face (laughs) and I said, but you, you know, like I know you're interpreting this like Trin's beautiful face. But like for me, it was like, oh, my God, look at this beast. And I was like, what advice would, literally, I think to myself, what advice would I give somebody who would be asking me a question about this situation of friendshiping? And what I would say. I totally have that same inner monologue often. Like, literally, Jen, I forgot that I've been training the past four years for this moment. Oh, yeah. You know? Because, yeah. like, we've had so many uh, questions about, like, reconnecting. And, in fact, we have a question about reconnecting today. Went way poorly, more poorly than I did. Spoiler alert, everything went great. Because what I did was, I took my small shitty feelings and I talked to people as though they also had those small shitty feelings. And I decided to like channel that energy into uplifting people because that's literally just like what we like to do, you know? When you were telling me about this earlier, I literally wrote down something you said because you said I put my focus and energy on helping other people at the event. So by that trend, I assume you mean like I was conversationally very open. Yeah. I asked questions that would le- that people were excited to answer. Yeah. That well, is so great. Thanks. So, I mean, like the, the first thing and man, if you ever go to re- a reunion, I strongly suggest doing this. The first thing I did every time I saw somebody I knew was I said my name out loud and then I said their name out oh, loud. Oh, so good. Yes. So I pointed to myself and I pointed at them because that does two things. One, there's no, do you remember me moment? Which oh, is fuck like, that. No, fuck no, that. That's no. too awkward. Yeah. Two, it's just like, hey, here's my name. Also, I remember you too, you know? And then I would give them a few seconds to like think through the thing. And of course, some people were like, I remember you. What are you crazy? You kind of thing. But that was okay, you know, because right, right. we are we're immediately on the same level sort of thing. 
Um, anyway, it went really nice. It was really nice to see people. Um, there's only a few people from my year or whatever, but I was like really delighted to see all of them. And I came away feeling like a for real ass mature motherfucking adult. I mean, yeah, that you is know? some next level adulting. I don't even like the word adulting, but that truly is. I don't I mean, love it either. What you. a good example, Trin, of it actually working out okay. Yeah. Because our brains so often interpret everything as, as poorly as things will go. And I'll be real. Sometimes I've been right. Some things have gone as poorly as I Absolutely. thought. Absolutely. That is like my anxiety isn't a total liar. Sometimes <laughs> it's very justified. Like, like sometimes it's right. But I rarely consider the possibility that maybe I am equipped for this. Right. Or maybe I can handle this. Absolutely. And the other thing was like, you know, I, I was so nervous. I was like, oh, man. You know, I'm so weird and bisexual. I'm sure there's no weird and gay people in choir. Like, <laughs> you know, like. You, know what? you just assumed because, like, you were expecting the worst. I was expecting the worst. Yeah. Absolutely, Jen. The, a point that I really feel that is very important for me to make in this situation is that had it gone poorly, I would not have talked about it on the show. So I don't want anybody to think that I'm, like, way more mature than I actually am and, like, way more, like, emotionally secure than I actually am because things have gone poorly for me in the past it's just that this was a good example yeah i mean you know? why not share some of your pleasant surprise yes yeah especially as we, all, as we all head into like maybe visit some of us are visiting our hometowns the next couple weeks yeah 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 i will say i think a dedicated reunion spot for people is so much better than running into people at like your cvs oh god right you're at least you're opting in at least you have chance to prepare yeah yeah um, oh and so like and here's the thing so uh remember how i was talking about how um i ran into an old high school friend at like the garden center yes and i was like i don't know what to do so now i'm like motherfucker i'm hunting you i'm gonna <laughs> we i'm gonna the ask you about your plans the hunter yes dude so like there was a time where i was like am i ever gonna leave my apartment again i don't know about this just because i I am so like awkwardness averse, but now I'm just like, I'm just going to shout my name, shout his name and be like, are you in? Oh, Let's yeah. Go. He, you're not stuck in here with him. He's no. stuck in here with you. With me. Anyway, uh, I feel OK. Uh, let's talk about a reunion that went, um, you know, quite a bit worse. Yeah, let's do it. Are you up for reading? No, it's you it's and me. I can't wait. You got it. OK. Hi, Jen and Trin. Hello. Am I being unreasonable? About 10 years ago, I finally cut a friend out of my life for being unreliable. He bailed without notice, not a phone call or a text, on dinner with me and some friends when I had spent hours cooking. That was the last straw. He was a really close friend when we were in high school together, but he bailed when my father died when I was 18. We kept in touch a bit during university years, but I got sick of his attitude on keeping plans and his flakiness. Fast forward 10 years or so, we're both in our early 40s now, I got a LinkedIn message from him and was feeling nostalgic. We exchanged a couple of messages and I suggested we get dinner to catch up. Now, I did have to cancel due to work commitments on the first dinner, which he had not confirmed, by the way. And I suggested a new date a few weeks later and set a calendar invite and sent a separate email with the suggested date. On the weekend before, he still hadn't responded, so I deleted the dinner from my calendar, just assuming he wasn't coming and chalking it up to our experiences. He's now emailing me asking what's happening and why I've canceled. Am I unreasonably pissed off that he's not taken the time to respond properly to any of my invitations and is now making me feel bad with his emails? He has a history of more than once just failing to show up to things over the years. And honestly, just not confirming or replying to my emails is really triggering for me. I feel unheard and let down. What should I do? Should I tell him he's being a useless dick or just not get involved anymore? <laughs> uh, so <laughs> we'll start from the direct question, which is like, I don't know if there's a, a good time to tell someone that they're a useless dick. I mean, no, probably not. I really believe in choosing your battles when you're about to call someone a useless dick. 
<laughs> and I don't think this one would have any desired outcome for you. Totally. We are not saying that he is not a useless dick. In fact, I might say that he is a useless dick. He might be such a useless dick that it's not really worth your time to even point it out. So you can have that conversation if, so a number of things could be the case. So one, if you think you might get him to alter his behavior, or if you think that explaining your feelings to him and telling him he's a dang useless dick, if you think that he doesn't understand your point of view, basically, if, if you think that understanding, that his understanding your point of view will change things. Or honestly, if you feel like you would just get enough out of yelling at him that having an unproductive conversation is worth it to you. But I just don't think any of those things are true here. Right. I don't think you can change his behavior and I don't think you're going to get a lot out of yelling at him. And But it's OK to be hurt and offended by this. It's just I don't think that the action is worth it. Absolutely. I mean, you have 30 or so years of being disappointed by this person, <laughs> right? And a conversation is not going to solve that. Even if it feels good in the short term, it's not going to fix anything in the long term. Honestly, in other ways, in other areas of this person's life, they might not be a useless dick. They might just be really bad at this particular thing. They're bad at answering messages and responding to invitations. But in this case, that is a totally understandable deal breaker for you because it's making the friendship completely lopsided. Yeah, feeling unheard and unseen uh, Jen and I say often that the very basis of friendship is mutual understanding. And it does not seem like this is happening and perhaps maybe never really happened over the course of your friendship. He seems like a C-squad friend. Yes, that's the, oh, that's totally what I was trying to describe when I was taking notes earlier, Trin. You can have people in your life that are on the bench. Right. That are like... Bench him. Bench him. Like, it's not the kind of friend that you depend on when you're sick or if you need advice or serious company or make plans with. It's the person you like get a beer with or the person that you you make plans only around their schedule. You know, it's not totally a balanced friendship, but you're OK with that. In this case, this person has consistently let you down over the years. Not once, many times. You already don't have a great history with this person. Yeah, you're not unreasonable at all for being upset about this. Let's clear that up right off the freaking bat. You are not being unreasonable uh, to be sad about this. But let's also talk about an understanding of how and why this person is letting you down. So let's talk very, very briefly about the incident when you were 18. So you mentioned that he bailed on you when your father died when you were 18. Uh, that sucks. But I'm, we're very sorry to hear that. Yeah. Like on so many fucking levels, that fucking sucks. Uh, to feel let down by somebody that you're close to while on, t while on top of that you are having a traumatic experience, uh, that can often be unforgivable. However. I think it's important to keep in mind that this friend was also 18 at the time. And to have the kind of emotional fortitude and to be the kind of understanding person at 18 to help somebody who is your peer through the loss of a very close loved one, I mean, that's 500 level friendshiping at an age where you're still bopping around in that meat mech, not, not knowing what to do. Absolutely. We don't need to get super into this trend, but I'm glad you brought it up because uh, they mentioned it briefly. So we, I feel like that gives us permission to talk about it briefly. I was 18 and my college roommate, my freshman college roommate, her father had died right before school. And I knew, like, I knew her well enough that I had gone to the funeral. She, he was a very popular, kind person in the community. Oh. Like his death hit a lot of people. And I was rooming with his daughter like a month later. And I look back and I, I don't, it's not that I was unkind to her, but I definitely was so ill-equipped to share a room with someone who is grieving that deeply. And I honestly, I look back and I think like, wow, she's such a strong, amazing person. Like 
without giving the details about this man's death, she kind of took on what happened to him as a cause. And she's like now a nurse now and kicking ass and being great. Nice. Uh, but I look back and I'm like, Jesus, I don't know. Like, right. I, it was not a happy dorm room to be in. And I think now, like, I should have been there for her more, but I don't know how. I mean, again, I was 18. I don't look back and I don't feel angry for myself, but I do have some regrets. So, I mean, whether this person feels similar regrets or not, Trin, you brought up a good point. They were 18. I feel like when a major traumatic moment happens to a teen, you know, or a young person, a young adult, it's still up to the adults in their life and the authority figures in their life to help them help you. I don't know how to explain this. Like if my best friend's dad died when I was 17, 18 or whatever, I know that my mom would have like bought me a book that's like, so so there's a death in the family or whatever. Like and and which is her love language is preparing. I totally me, get what you're saying. The you know? people around you would have helped as well. Yes. Or should have. Yes, I, I agree. And I mean, like, you know, clearly uh, the people who are the most close to you, so uh, perhaps your other parent or other authority figures in your life, they were focused on you, which is good and they should be. But ideally, in an ideal world, this friend would have had somebody guiding them as to how to be a good friend to you. They would have taken this like, oh, wow, that happened. I'm going to talk to my kid about this. That should have occurred, but didn't. So maybe for all of us listening to this show, now we know. Yeah, maybe we all just learned something. If like, Where were this friend's parents? Yeah. Were they reaching out at all? And what do you mean by bailed? You didn't give us details, which is fine. It just leaves us, it's just making us reflect on the situations of serious deaths in our lives. You mentioned it only briefly, Asker. So I just want to, I just want to clarify, if there's real trauma, if there's a real wound there, that's worth looking into and helping and, and getting some help on. Because yeah. we don't want to trivialize that. If it is as bad as it sounds, we're very sorry. And this person may be indeed a useless dick. And also, you don't have to forgive them. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Yeah, thanks, Trin. You're right. Like, I, it doesn't matter if they have a reason. If they hurt you and you don't want to be around them and it's still affecting your relationship today, it's not really a friendship worth excavating, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of work. <laughs> it really is. Is there enough willingness to do that? I don't I don't think so. If I busted out my crystal ball, Jen, mm -hmm. and I were to make wild assumptions about what's happening in this situation, because once again, we have only the question. We don't know you personally. And if you need more personalized advice, you need to talk to a damn professional, a therapist. But if I could guess, I would say that based on this, the Asker's friend's consistent behavior, they did not receive good treat, like uh, good training on how to be a good person. They are not putting themselves in your shoes. Over and over again, they are bailing at the moment things become too difficult. When there was like, oh, hey, like, let's reschedule this. They were like, I can't. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they sent you an email that you didn't you didn't give us the email or what it said, but it upset you. Yeah. And that's not nothing. You know? I agree. Like like you said, they're bailing as soon as it gets a little difficult or logistically uncomfortable. To be a kind person, you can't just be kind when it's easy. Yes. Kindness is being kind despite everything. Yes. I really think so. Like, if you're only nice when it's easy, you're not going to be nice very often. So I guess this is all to say that this dude sounds like a useless dick. You might be correct. There are reasons that this person is a useless dick, but there's no reason for you to keep them in your life and expend the energy to make them change. So let's do this. One, your feelings about this are super valid. Yeah. Nothing in this question is ridiculous. Like, you are not being unreasonable. Feeling anger towards this person is totally not unreasonable. This person did hurt you. And I think that you can operate from that perspective. 
So cutting the cord makes sense and is a totally neutral and reasonable thing for you to do at this point. It's responsible, it's mature, and I think it's looking after yourself. If this question was reduced down to just the miscommunication with the invitation that recently happened, we might be more forgiving. We might yeah, be like, yeah. Maybe they're just a really poor email etiquette. Some people cannot put themselves in the shoes of another person when it comes to re- sending and receiving texts. Like there's yeah. totally just doesn't work. But that's not what this question was. That's not what this question's about. It's about the fact that he's bailed on you many times over the years, including a time you spent hours cooking dinner. And, that and was you, rude. And you said that was the last straw, which means you were already fed up with this guy before he didn't show up to your dinner. Yeah, I think it's okay to reclaim your energy and your time and spend it on stuff that is more useful than this useless dick. Yeah, I think this guy is officially a nah. Yeah, he's a, yeah. He's, a, he's a dud. I think you wish him a great life, but you don't hang out or try to hang out or respond to him anymore. So what if the asker just desperately wants to respond to that last email? Because the last email was like, hey, what happened? Well, why'd you cancel, buddy? What's, uh, what's going on? Oh, man. Why, well, I think the first... That's what he sounds yeah. like to hey, me. What happened? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the first it's thing you really do... sleepy, I is guess. You open, you open a new blank email. Do not put anything in the send oh, no. field. Subject line, fuck you. Useless <laughs> So there's a variety of emails that you could potentially send, though. You know, like, I I think you should definitely start with just saying the truth, which is, I tried to schedule this. I emailed you and contacted you a couple of times. It really hurt me that you ignored this. How is this possible? Right. (laughs) You know, like you could ask that question. You can give them the opportunity to give you an explanation if you want. I just feel like they're not going to say anything satisfactory. However, it may give you satisfaction to say, Actually, this is what happened. You had the opportunity to reschedule this and you chose not to. And I don't know what else to say, buddy. Yeah. Like, hey, you had a chance to let me know if this time and date worked for you and you didn't get back to me. So I'm letting it go. Yeah. And it can end right there. And it may feel really good to say something that, again, we didn't sound like assholes just then. Yeah. You know, we literally just reset what occurred and made very clear, like, this was actually in your hands, yeah, to tell you the yeah, truth. Yeah, this was in your hands. It was your turn. What I wouldn't do is get too into the weeds yes, on the details absolutely. because no good can come from that. Don't start writing an email back that's like, well, at 11.02 a.m. last Wednesday, <laughs> I sent you the following email. As of today, 17 days later, you have not replied. Like, don't get into the details because, um, first of all, that'd be really a long email to write. Yeah. And I don't think you should uh, spend that much time on this person. And you'll sound like a snit. Yeah. And also, that's that's if you start doing that in the email, something has already gone very wrong. Right. If you start, like, you know, retracing your steps that much, that means, like, yeah. I mean, you don't, you're, this, isn't, this email isn't going to show up in discovery or litigation, so it's not that important to get all the details right. Right. Like, I would say give this person three sentences of the truth. Yes, three sentences. And then, and then move on. And if they say, hey, I'm sorry, or, oh, it was in my spam. Even if it's like, a, like maybe they'll come back to you with like a total lie. They're like, oh, it went to my spam, which does not make sense. Uh, not in this case. Not no. in this case, no. You can accept that as an apology of him trying to like smooth this over with some white lies, which I wouldn't. Or you can be like, great, whatever makes you feel better. <laughs> right. And then if they initiate another hangout, you can accept, but maybe don't. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if you do feel like you can pursue some kind of future relationship with this person, your bar has to be so low that you couldn't even limbo under it. Like it has to be on the ground. 
Yeah, I guess at the end of the day, it's either you need to have extremely low expectations for this person so that they can't hurt you because your hopes are so low, or you accept that they are not good enough at being a friend to be friends with you. Yeah, I mean, it's just not being, your amount of effort is not being returned to you, and that's a deal breaker in this particular instance, and I don't blame you. Because here's what it comes down to. You can certainly forgive your friends when they make errors and blunders and mistakes and they hurt you. But at the same time, both of these things can be true. You deserve people that show up for you. And I hope that after listening to all this, you know what's worth it for you to do. Just keep in mind what's going to bring you the most peace. If you hang out with this friend again, I would say maybe keep it a group setting so you're not showing up anywhere and being like, well, that didn't work out. Like I would say make it a kind of event that you'll have fun anyway, even if when they inevitably don't come. Right. All right. Is there anything else we want to cover? I feel Um, this is good. So I think we're going to, this is our second to last episode before the holidays happen. So maybe next, next week, next week we'll do some holiday advice. Yeah. Jingle bells. Such a sign of survive. Oh man. I'm like, oh, the holidays are so many emotions. So many, every possible emotion. Joy, fear, terror, regret. Nausea. I was going to say nausea. Clammy hands. I was going to say sweat, (laughs) snow, cold. Now I'm just saying words. (laughs) (laughs) Flaky skin. Uh, If you've got any questions about the holidays or people who disappoint you or just general friendship questions, (laughs) you can email them to us at frenchpingpodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can do friendship or you can follow uh, each of us at gendangerous, two N's. The second N stands for no cookies for Santa. I don't know. I was trying to keep it holiday-ish, but... <laughs> I like that. Thanks. Uh, or you can also follow me, Trin and Tonic, on Twitter. It's like a gin and tonic, but with a me inside of it. Thank you to Ian Parman for editing. Thank you to John Buddha for trying to make our podcast work on the back end. If you're hearing this at all right now, you can probably thank a John Buddha in your life. <laughs> thank you to Alex Cox, our podfather and audio daddy, for making the studio work. Thank you to Molly Lewis for singing our song. Thank you to Monica Verma for being our agent. Thank you to Lauren Gallagher for doing the design work. And thank you and thank heavens for Crimbus. And thank my computer for having a meltdown in the middle of this episode and really scaring me. I really hope everything's fine. You're welcome for talking. New friendship at the bar.